Hi, my name is Anthony. I'm an alumni services manager, musician, and amateur chess player. And you're listening to the Us People podcast with Xavier Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm extremely humbled to have Anthony here with me. Anthony is an alumni service manager, well, I actually say services manager, and also a musician. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. How are you? I'm, I'm really well. Thank you very much, Savvy. Thank you so much for, for having me. It's, it's a real privilege to be asked to join you. No, um, I'm always happy to have, especially a guest who's had over 20 years experience, especially within the music and education industry. And I know even before we start, even our first question, I know the knowledge you must have, Anthony, must be vast and the wisdom that you must have. And it's true. It's true. Always give somebody props for what they do and how they do it because... When a person has gifts like that and what they can share it with people, that's something that money just can't buy. So thank you, Anthony, so much, even before we start the show. No, no problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's gone shy now, guys. He's gone shy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, it's, it's, not, it's nice of you to say, like, honestly, it is. I never really thought about it like that myself, to be fair. So it's nice to hear that from somebody. So thank you. No, you're most welcome. So, Anthony, my first question for you is, could you tell me a little bit about your background and where you grew up, but also how that influenced you to be the person who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's a that's a massive question. I think straight off the off the bat, there. Um, I I grew up um, near where I currently live. I live in Sussex. Um, I grew up in a small town called Uckfield. Um, just a we we kind of lived outside the town in a in a little village. Really, um, it was the kind of kind of place. There was a lot of countryside. It was me and a couple of friends who lived on my. It wasn't even a street. It was kind of like a a country lane um and yeah we just had the run of the place really it was a it was a really quite idyllic place to grow up I think very fortunate and very blessed to have have grown up somewhere like like that um and I think that has definitely that that setting has definitely shaped me in multiple different ways you know because the sort of stuff that I've ended up doing has been you know sort of big industries that are focused around society and community and based in you know, cities like London is the music capital of the UK yes. and one of the music capitals of the world. You know, these are kind of big, bustling metropolis type places. And I think not coming from that type of background has definitely meant it's had its struggles in in achieving what I've set out to achieve and what I have managed to do. Um, but at the same time, I think it's definitely kept me grounded. I'm the sort of person who I don't mind you know, getting a bit mucky and doing a bit of work and, <laughs> you know, um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it was, it was an interesting time growing up for sure. Uh, my parents still live in the same house that I grew up in. We've, we've had the same house the entire time. We didn't, we didn't move. Um, I think we moved, I think we moved house once when I was like one years old from two doors around the corner, they bought a house just, just around the corner. So, um, we've been in the same place the whole time. It's, it's definitely the root of, of me and the root of my family, you know? Yeah. 
No, definitely. Has that helped you in a way, Anthony? Because, you know, sometimes when we grow up, we move from one area to another area. So then half of your heritage, I would say, is in one particular area. So when you tell your story, like you're telling me yours, you're, mm. it's kind of like a remembrance. But then because you've always kind of lived in the same area, do you have fond memories? And And how does it feel to know that you can always go back to your area and know that your house is still there yeah I mean obviously that's you know that's a real comfort and it's it's really nice to know that you've got this base that you've always known um and you can always go back there I mean you know culturally my family's from all over so even though we we were rooted in the one house you know I mean I did have I did have like aunt and uncle and grandparents who lived in in South London Bromley areas like that um you know uh catford lewisham those sort of areas so you know we weren't just all in 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 the little country village together our family was was sort of spread about but um you know my family's background my mum's side of the family was spanish so we have a lot of spanish family over in in spain and my dad's family are more local so there's definitely a melting pot of cultures going on there anyway you know the spanish culture was a big thing yeah um alongside the more i guess traditional um sort of sussex english culture as well um and you know i mean for me when i got older it was definitely a case of of you know i've been here i've done this i've lived here for such a long time and experienced what i've experienced it's time to kind of break out of that and go and find some new things and you know i've sort of i gravitated down towards brighton and spent a lot of my years you know 15 years or so living and working in brighton i went to uni there at the same university that i now currently work for um and you know doing music got to travel a lot got to see a lot of cool places touring playing in bands playing in venues um my wife and i went and lived in berlin for uh, almost two years wow. for a bit as well to to do you know my, my work opened a college there so i went to to work there for that for a couple of years so i think in later life my my um my, my the fact that i was only based in one place definitely made me have this real want to go and explore more you know um but that also was challenging because you know maybe i wasn't the most outgoing person or the sort of you know sometimes going to big cities and stuff is kind of scary for me or used to be anyway not anymore but Aww. you know <laughs> so it's this pros and cons to it there's pros and cons to it you know i think i think when you're a quiet person or reserve you're more observant about the world and that helps you within your music i think yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe myself as a quiet person. Ah, um, <laughs> I like maybe, that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm definitely known for being very, very loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm. I'm. I'm quiet when I want to be quiet. That's the thing, you know. Uh, if it's yeah. if, if I'm talking about a subject I know about, or if I'm doing something that I love or that I enjoy, or that I'm passionate about, then I'm definitely the loudest person in the room. Um, and when it's not my time, it's someone else's time, and that's when I'm quiet. You know. No, that's definitely fair enough. I think I think everybody should have that spark within them. So my next question for you, Anthony, is when you look in the mirror, tell me about the person that you see and how does your reflection, what does your reflection say back to you emotionally and how do you, how do you feel when you see your reflection looking back at you? Wow. Wow, you cut you cut deep in the two questions. You go deep, don't you? Um, 
Yes, that's a that's a really powerful question. I think a year ago I would have given you a very different answer to what I give you now. Um, you know, my you know, despite all the stuff that I've done professionally or otherwise um, in my life and, and my upbringing, I don't actually consider myself to have truly been myself okay. until within this last year. You know, I'm I'm 38 years old now. Same as me. Right. And, um, you know, there's a trans- there's a big transition that you go through, obviously, from childhood through to young adulthood, through your 30s. And for me, it's been a lot of baggage that has come with with my with my background and, and, and who I was. You know, I was quite troubled when I was young. I, w- I wasn't particularly socially minded. I didn't really feel like I fit in many places. Um, and that has definitely had its toll um and it's only within the last year um and funny enough i think that you know the whole situation at the moment with being in lockdown uh covid and all that actually kind of forced me to face a few things about myself that led to these realizations you know it's only within the last year that i've finally learned to let any pretense go and stop trying to be something that i think other people want me to be and just be myself yeah i totally so agree ne- Cool. So now when I look in the mirror, I go, that's me. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing now for the first time. Before, I didn't know who that person was, you know, and it's been a long and to be quite honest, pretty rough road to get to this point. But, you know, at least I got here. No, <laughs> and, definitely. Uh, yeah. At least I'm able to, to be myself for the rest of my life, you know. I think that's so important. I think when you look in the mirror, you must say to yourself, I am me. I am unique. There's only one of me in the world. Nobody can duplicate me. They may look like me, but they cannot duplicate me. Um, And you have to learn what self-worth is and what love is, self-love is. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be difficult, Anthony. I do agree with you. Um, Yeah. 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 100%. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's oftentimes the quite a simple thing to realize when you know the answer if that makes sense you know it's like i always i always have the analogy of if life is kind of like a magic trick you know when you when you see how it works it's it's really obvious yeah simplified yeah yeah but if you don't know how it works you you can't put it together you know and it it will it kind of chips away at you and you think it's a big struggle and you think it's a big question until you answer it and then you realize oh that's so simple it's just about here and now and myself you know yeah I've never yeah. actually thought of it like that before. Nobody's ever actually said it to me like that before. So that's a really good way of seeing a transition within yourself. I must use that. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. So <laughs> let's break down what you do, Anthony, because the reason why I'm going to say this is Anthony is multi-talented. And the reason why I say this, Anthony has over 20 years experience within music as a performer, writer, manager, artist, designer, promoter, events manager, booking agent, teacher, project manager, and the list goes on. Okay. <laughs> I. Yeah. How do you deal with your time? Because you are very talented in each and every aspect of what you do. But could you break down for me a day in the life of Anthony? I can try. Okay. Um, I mean, if we if we talk about it's, it's just talk about, you know, that 20 plus years experience, you know, it's very different from what I'm living now, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the sort of person who feeds off off of passion. Right. If I get a passion for something, I don't let it go until I've pushed it as far as I can push it. 
or or learn about it or developed it as far as I can as I can go with it with you know to whatever level of success that might be or level of competency or even mastery yeah and for me a day is waking up with whatever that passion might be at that time that burning thing that I have to do that's in the forefront of my mind the moment I wake up and it's everything I focus my attention on until I go to sleep I like that you know and I must admit sometimes it's difficult when you've got other things that you you need to do and and also want to do um prioritizing kind of takes a back seat sometimes when you you're a bit single-minded on right this is the thing I want to do right now so I'm just going to do that um so you know and it will change it's changed a lot throughout my life it changes sometimes on a daily basis it changes sometimes over several years you know um and you know since kind of you know, leaving home and moving down to Brighton and going to college and starting playing in bands and touring and going to uni and work, then starting work and then trying to find, you know, um, employment and, and build a career. It's just kind of been like that. I've just been chipping away at the things that I want, led and driven by passion, really. Um, although, you know, given what we just spoke about at the start, you know, underneath all that, there's also been this kind of burning desire for acceptance that I've had throughout my entire life because I felt like I never was accepted anywhere. So it's kind of the two things combined, I guess, um, married into, to make me someone who's achieved certain things, you know. And I, I say that it's very different from now because, like I said, I feel like I'm a different person within the last year than I was than, than, I, than I was for the last 38 years of my life and and now you know I still I've, I still have my passions and my things that I do and my my mind still does think like that quite a lot um but you know I am blessed to have a really really nice life with my loving wife uh Amy we've got a puppy called Joey I've got my Aww. job that I really enjoy um I play chess and I stream chess and those are the things that I love doing and I'm just happy to do them for fun more than anything else now whereas before it was all about kind of ambition and self-betterment I think sometimes when you do things for fun you actually achieve more quicker and because you're enjoying it you don't even realize the journey that you're actually succeeding mm. quicker to, yeah and I, I think yeah. I lost sight of that a lot along the way you know there was there's so much I would have done differently if I was trying to achieve in this field or that field and I think a lot of the times especially as a younger person I got too wound up with the the need for achievement and the need to do things better and et cetera, et cetera. You know, all, all the things that you list are, are skills that I have, I would say, but I don't think I've ever pushed any one of those things to a level that I ever really could have done if I'd just done one thing really, really well and done it properly for the right reason. So, you know, I've, I'm, I'm multi-talented, et cetera, as you say, but... I'm not I don't think I'm master of any of those things you know and in my music career it was it was very much you know sort of low level kind of stuff our own our own stuff you know our own tours our own releases and stuff like that I was never you know I was always like playing this sort of small venue circuit um working alongside it and doing lots of different things I mean but that's that's success to me you know it's not about you know being famous at all it's just about being successful right um and so I pushed, but I used to push things and push things and push things thinking that like, oh, I need to achieve in this. 
And often that meant that that thing wouldn't go the way that I would want it to. And actually, if I had known this and sort of gone, let's just leave the achievement out of it and do it for the love, yeah. which is always where I start. This is always I used to start with the love and eventually I'd end up just losing that and just doing it for, I think, the wrong reason. And that's probably a reason why I've switched between so many different job roles and and things that I've done. Um, but, you know, as a positive, it has given me a, a big skill set. So, yeah. you know, you've got to take that. Sounds good to me. I think it's a journey that you're just going through and when you're just finding mm. yourself. I think it's perfect. There's there's, there's no right journey. There's no right way of doing something, I think. I think, yeah. No, no, there isn't. Um, there is there is the way that you're on and that is all, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just about enjoying it. Yeah. as much as you can but again again you know when you you know i mean i only ever speaking from my own experience you know no one ever well people might have tried to tell me that when i was younger but when you're young young and headstrong you don't listen that's to true stuff like that. <laughs> that's definitely you true have, yeah you have to find that way by making a lot of mistakes and um doing things the wrong way to realize that there is just the way and that is just by being yourself and doing what you enjoy and you know getting on with things in, in the right way which is the way i'm being a bit esoteric now i've gone a bit off tangent and no it's and, fine uh, <laughs> you know what, actually, getting, a, actually, getting a bit abstract about it I, but i like um, the fact when people go off on a tangent because that shows me their passion yeah so what, one of my passions is philosophy Ooh, and, okay let's um, dig into this okay the, the whole the whole concept of the way is obviously a, like a taoist um philosophy you know they call it the way yes but it's in, it's interesting that i can't quite describe it because in Taoist philosophy if you are able to give the way a name then it is not the way so i, like I think that. that's i think that's quite interesting that i can't actually describe what i'm trying to say because you can't put it into words you can't describe what i'm trying to describe you know can you put it into emotion emotionally it's 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 everything and nothing it, it can't can't ever be just one thing like but it that. is one thing and it's nothing. That's a good that's a good concept. I do like that. Talk to me about who the strongest influences in your life has been and why. Um I think in a in a very huge part, you know, my parents have been the strongest influence on me. Both for Reasons intended and unintended, I think. Okay. You know, because of because of the kind of upbringing in the 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 place that I lived in the sort of smaller life, I guess that that I had in terms of. I mean, not I'm not saying it was a small life. What I mean is, you know, it was a, a small community where I grew up. Uh, in my household, it's my mum, my dad, me, and my sister. So, they being the people that I was around the most, um, they were definitely. A huge huge influence on me you know my mum just enabled me to follow my passions and do things that I wanted to do for the most part some things she didn't she didn't agree with like um she didn't want me doing um martial arts for example she didn't or computer games with another one she thought that they weren't <laughs> uh beneficial and I kind of respected oh. for that you know uh, I ended up doing a lot of other things like I did a lot of uh like music she encouraged me to to play music you know I came home one day um because someone was speaking about giving cello lessons at at primary school and i didn't even know what a cello was and i turned up to my mum and said i want to play cello because my mate my mate andrew was already playing it and i was like oh that, that sounds cool 
didn't know what it was. Uh, so she went and bought me one and just encouraged that straight away. She, you know, she, she didn't have a lot of money. Or we didn't have a lot of money when I was young, you know, um, but she found a way to get, get me a cello so that I could learn how to play it. Um, uh, you know, sports, I used to play rugby, I used to play basketball. They'd always take me to, to do, to do my pursuits and encourage me in them. Uh, and in learning in general, you know, it was very much, um, you know, if you can go and learn something for yourself, it will give more value than if someone just tells you the answer, you know? That's, yeah, that is true. Yeah. So, so their influence on me in that way was definitely very, very strong. Um, um and yeah i mean i mean alongside alongside them i'd say you know great musicians that i was into have been a huge huge influence on my life um bass players like flea from chili peppers yes um cass lewis from skunk and Nancy. Yeah. um timmy c from rage against the machine are oh, you naming some good ones yeah well these are some good bass players and this is some good music so um <laughs> in my opinion but um <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, when I was when I was 14 and I started playing bass guitar, I basically picked up uh, one of my dad's old Black Sabbath records that he had lying around. Yeah. Um, I say lying around, it was very carefully kept in a cupboard. Um, but, uh, and that got me into into playing bass. So, you know, those those kind of people became my idols and I kind of, kind of styled myself on them quite a lot. You know, I sort of started playing bass, started getting into punk, started playing rock shows, metal shows um trying to trying to live that life you know so that was a huge influence on me as a young man like or, or a teenager really like a turning point um coming out of childhood so i can't underestimate their influence um on me at all and then i think sorry i was just gonna say and then i think like as the final answer i say you know later life it's definitely my my friends and and my wife to be honest of now of course yeah, she's she's uh, she's the person who I definitely attribute with being of allowing me to to find who I am and be myself. If it wasn't for her, I don't think I would would have got there. So her influence is 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 everything too. I, I hope she listens to that part, especially when she hears the podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, I've told her that I think in at certain times along the way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I've ever said it with a particular emphasis or gravitas that I think I could put on that statement in this interview. See, only, mm. only real and true love could say it like that. Yeah. Well, she's the, she is the love of my life and always will be. So, Oh, yeah. see, so chess, chess, chess is a very close second. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna like she will laugh at that and she, she'll laugh at that and probably say oh come on you know it's the first but it's yeah, not it's exactly a very, even it's a very I, close second. even i know that come on <laughs> <laughs> so i love that so anthony tell me a little bit about what you do as a manager i would love to know a bit more about your role do, um, do you mean it's like an artist manager or an alumni manager alumni manager alumni manager yeah, yeah okay so so that um so basically, I, I basically try and help people who've graduated from our college um, and, and university courses. I try and help them to find their find their path in terms of their career. Um, essentially, what it is is about providing certain services like 
uh, alumni only events, masterclasses, one to one tutorials, CV and interview advice, um, and all, all kinds of things like that. And essentially, what my role is is to kind of promote and signpost those services to the people who might need them. Um, it's a really, really great gig because, you know, I am also an alumnus of of the college. You know, I, I went and did the courses there and left and, and toured and worked and everything and then went back to work for them in a different department. You know, I worked there as an admissions advisor for for many years, like 10 years or so, um, opening quite a few of the colleges and, and, and recruiting, you know, first year cohorts of students in, I think, maybe five out of the eight cities that we have colleges in um and so now in the last couple of years i've come to work in this in this alumni role for me it's quite it's quite a big deal because i can finally sort of go okay look i i welcomed a lot of you through the door to to do the course and now you've done the course i want to help you even more you know they they in a way they kind of put their faith in me by taking what i said and going yeah that's the course i want to do i'm going to sign up for this college and now I kind of get to pay that back a little bit, which is really nice. Um, just by trying to help as many people as I can. No, that's that's brilliant. I don't even know what to say because they're, you're very rare as a person, I think. Well, because... thank you. I mean, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. What is it about music education, especially, that you find so important? What is it about the whole education system? Um, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's more about what it, I I know what value it gave to my life. You know, when I went to the, when I, when I went to study at uni, um, I was, you know, a young man in kind of desperate need for, for a community, you know, desperate need of, of a family of friendship. Yeah. Um, I kind of, you know, had a few friends etc through school and college but no, no one amazingly close to me you know I didn't really have like a a group of mates that I go hang out with I used to go and hang out with hang out at like a venue a local venue to go see rock shows and stuff and I had a couple of mates up there but I never really was like an integral part of that those groups you know um coming from kind of outside of where I lived so I think when I went to to, to the uni I was definitely searching for my tribe in a way right um and uh i found it at that college you know it was a it was the first year the college had opened there was only about 150 of us studying there and we were all similar age like-minded from all over the country and, and further you know around the world all coming to this one place for the same reasons which is to meet like-minded people and start playing in bands and promoting music and touring and working on our on our art form you know and so that i think is a as a period of time was definitely um one of the best periods of times of my life especially that first year at the college there was definitely one of the best years of my life so i think that the importance i put not just on music education but of my college specifically is that i know what it can mean to people and what it can do for people and, and not necessarily for their musical ability, more for their levels of self-respect and their ability to have a community of friends around them who will be supportive and and drive each other. 
Um, and obviously today, you know, I mean, we're talking that was that was I graduated back in 2005. So that's a long time ago now. Um, and, you know, today, the courses that you can study are infinitely better than what we had. on oh, offer. They're amazing. You know, yeah, we were we were like guinea pigs for this, this degree <laughs> course that being run. Amazing. And, you know, now I'd much rather study the course now because they've got access to so many more resources. The community is thousands of people strong. Yeah. Um, you know, the access to industry guests and names of people uh, who work in at labels and publishing companies and sync companies and lawyers and artists. And it's just huge what they can do. Um, and it's even more important now, I think, because with with the change of in the music industries, you know, it's going through a huge change at the moment. There's no live music going on, really. You know, there's no you can't just go down a venue to see a band play live. You're not buying tickets to festivals this year. That's true. Um, everything's on shutdown. So music as an industry needs to change and is changing mainly because of the efforts of people like our students, because they're at the at the at the front line of all the all this kind of um, acceptance of new technologies and ways of thinking. Yeah. So it's not just about the importance of what we can offer them in terms of our courses. It's actually now about what they're going to do to the music industry of the future, because that's what they are currently shaping. You know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens over possibly the next three to five years mm. within the music industry of of what's going on now. Yeah, I think that I mean, like a lot of other sectors, I mean, you know, working in education, um, you know, it's not just a music role. You you do a lot of project management work. You, you, I mean, you work for a company, so there's obviously sort of business ins and outs as well. So this this is kind of applies not just to music, but I think across the board. You know, we've all had to embrace a new way of working, um, and I think say everything went back to the way it was tomorrow, but we had the knowledge that we've gained over this time then everyone, you know, we wouldn't do things the same way. And I think if we just went back to doing things the same way, that would be a, a real shame. That would be us not learning from the situation we've had to go through and taking the, the, the benefit from it, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. I think that companies and people in general are more trusting of their employees to manage their time and work hard whilst they're also managing their personal lives around that exactly because they've had to do it you know you can't say to someone go and work for home at home for three months but then oh you've got childcare, or you've got pets or you've got um you know elderly relatives or, or whatever and expect them just to work nine to five and not deal with their personal lives when they're all just in that one space all the time exactly you know so there's there had to be a level of trust and that trust has been repaid by by you know i've seen this at my company the people working at my company have worked really really hard to make sure that things still run and run really well for our students whilst also managing their personal lives from home and always being in that environment. So, um, you know, you can hire someone who works from home uh, in Australia for a company that's based in Scotland. Exactly. It doesn't matter, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, I quite like that. And the music industry is no different. You know, they've we've you've had to think about right. If I can't go and play a gig, first of all, how am I going to launch some music? How can I how am I going to put my band out there? Or what else can I do to like be a musician and create an income? You know, everyone streaming um, movies and playing computer games and all this kind of stuff is a huge industry now, massive, way bigger than it was before lockdown. That's true. 
And so musicians are like, right, well, now I need to be writing and producing and getting my music in sync libraries and publishing companies and, you know, and everyone's supporting everyone else in doing exactly that thing. It's not it's not a competitive thing of look at me, I'm better than you. So I've got to get all the gigs. It's like we're all in this together. So we all should work on it together. And I think some of the stuff that we're seeing is amazing. I definitely agree with you there. I have one. I have a next one for you. So okay. I've never actually really asked anyone this question, but I feel I can ask you. So if life begins with a chance in order for you to succeed, who do you believe has given you the biggest and the best chance in your life for you to be who you are? I know you mentioned your wife for you yeah. to be who you are now, but also for you to evolve as a person and be your best self. Easy, myself. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got. A, it's, it can't be anyone else. If you can't give yourself the best chance, then no one else will give it to you. That's perfect. That is a it's, perfect it's answer. Be, you know, if it wasn't for my, and I'm not trying to like blow my own trumpet or anything, but if it wasn't for my own capacity to change and learn and accept my faults and want to better myself, then I never would be here today. And See, I mean that, that is, literally. That I mean that knowledge. literally. I mean that in terms of living. Yes. You know, um, I've gone through some pretty rough stuff, and you know, I've struggled with mental health. I've struggled with all kinds of issues. You know, I'm currently I'm currently um, about seven months sober, for example. Right. Yes, I love hearing stuff like that. And um, it's been a real big journey. But if it wasn't for myself, I never would have made those changes to to get myself where i am see see guys you can learn so much just from asking one question <laughs> it's true it's, it's funny so you say true. that because when i when i graduated i got my degree um it was about 20 of us who actually graduated from the course the, the, the that year of the degree course and uh the guy who was the 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 course leader uh he um his name was pete wilson and he said something personal about every single one of us because obviously he knew us all really well and he said he said he said about me he said that anthony was the hardest person that he'd ever had to teach because all i ever did was ask questions <laughs> so it's true you just got to ask questions and that's actually how how i got i think i got myself into the the kind of place i am you know because I spent a lot of years kind of questioning my environment, questioning how I responded to to life, um, asking the bigger existential questions and, you know, the meaning of everything and why is everything like this? Why do I feel like this? And I kept picking away and picking away and answering every single little question led to another question, then another question, then another question. And so eventually I ran out of questions and it wasn't <laughs> that I found like the answer to everything. Yeah. It was just that I realized that once you've asked and answered all the questions, you're still going to be left without an answer for life a lot of That's the time. That's true, yeah. So then then you can accept and move on. But you only get there by asking questions and getting answers and asking more questions. But that's why I say to people, always ask questions. Even if you think the question is silly, ask the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Ask the How, okay, how would you feel 
if there was no judgment in the world people are always judging <laughs> us it's true people are always judging us based on our appearance how we talk how we walk how we act <laughs> but how would you feel if the word judgment was taken out of the dictionary it didn't exist how do you feel you would be as a person do you think you'll still be the same or do you think you'll be different mm, i think I mean, I guess, I guess what you're talking about, you know, if the word judgment doesn't exist, does judgment itself still exist? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So if, if let's say it doesn't and no one ever judged anybody, I think that there would be a very fine line between uh, utopia and chaos. I see. Good. Okay, good. Right? Keep going. So, Keep, I like this. <laughs> I think that it, it's, it's, it kind of comes down to the question. It's, it's almost like the same question as like law and order, like without law and order, where do you get to? Do you get this utopia where everyone's free to do whatever they want to do? Or do then people abuse that and do loads of bad stuff that makes it, uh, you know, a horrible, horrible life or horrible place. And I think judgment is like that. You know, judgment is a thing that keeps us in check in a way from going down some some equally horrible paths as it as it holds us back from going on some very positive ones so there has there has to be balance in all things there has to be balance okay uh and i think that judgment is i mean it's, it's the, the the image of the you know lady justice with the scales that's what it's there for it's there to to balance us in a way that i feel is necessary but but I think we judge incorrectly. I think we judge on the wrong values. I think society holds the wrong values for what is a good, what is good, and what is what is necessarily bad. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, so and, you know, and it's it's a human thing. Like it's not that we've been shown, oh, this is good and this is bad, and this is the way of the universe. We've decided what is good and bad, and what is bad for us today in a million years might be good for another civilization that's true yeah so it's just like money it's something we invented that keeps us keeps us in the situation that we're in and i feel that i wouldn't want to get rid of judgment i would just want the moral values on which we judge each other to be different mm -hmm. and not be something that's so detrimental to a lot of people's mental health and well-being I think that's one of the best answers I've ever had. Well, thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the way you said that. <laughs> uh, what are you most proud of that you stand for as a human being? What am I most proud of? Mm. That's a that's a very good question. Um. You've, yeah, see, someone who, who likes to talk, you've you've got me, uh, you've got me stumped on that one. I've what got am you. I most proud oh of? wow, I was surprised. I didn't think it would be that one. Yeah, no, this is a this is a, a stump. What am I most proud of? Um, do you know what? I'm just I'm most proud that I'm still here, right now. You know, um, I mean, I could I could maybe give you an achievement or something that I've done or a gig that I played that sticks in my mind or. Or whatever but actually it's just that i'm i'm still here and i'm still fighting and i'm still living and and loving you know so that's good enough yeah that's i'm, I'm proud of that i'm proud of having become the person that i am i am still becoming and have become see 
What is the best advice you have ever received from someone and how has it helped you in your life? Um, the best advice I probably ever received from someone was, um, well, the, the way that it was phrased wasn't like this, but it was basically to go read a book. So from a very young age, my uh, I used to ask my dad, like, um, how does this work or what is this? You know, asking questions, like we just said, I always used to ask questions even when I was a kid. And my dad's answer was always, there's a set of encyclopedias over there. So he made me go and read it and look it up myself. And that, just just being advised to read and learn for myself is is has got to be the biggest advice that I ever had that has been really, really important to me, you know. There is other advice that I wish that I had had that I maybe didn't get, um, you know, um, like self-belief, I think, is one that I maybe wish I had heard. I wish someone had said, you've just got to believe in yourself because um, I didn't, I don't think, for a long time. I think I understand that one, definitely. Yeah, but definitely read a book. Reading books is really important, especially for a young person. I think that the more you read um, and the, the bigger range of stuff that you read, the more informed you can be about yeah. a lot of different things. No, I totally agree with you there. Hmm. This is See, now you've made me think. Now you've made me go, hmm, maybe I'm stumped now and I don't know what to ask you next. <laughs> so, so tell me when was the last time you remember totally feeling at peace with yourself? Um, well, again, this is all, all very, very recent. Um, and... You know, I never felt at peace with myself ever until probably about four months ago. You know, I, li I basically lived my whole life being at war with myself. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it's been it's been a it's been a difficult journey uh, until, like I said, I asked all the questions that I could ask and I answered all the questions that I could answer. And then only a few months ago did I ever really find peace with myself. You know, uh, I think I'm still in. I've, to be honest, I think I'm in that pocket. I'm in that. I'm in that pocket now. As long as you're, as long as you're on the journey to finding it, I don't think there's a set time to find it. No, and I think I think that the mistake that I made, and definitely the mistake other people have made, is they're trying to find it. Exactly. And by stop by stopping looking, you find it. Like that's but that's for me this is this is funny for me but it's like finding a partner yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> the reason, right yeah the reason yeah. why i say this is for me personally from my own point of view every time i was like yes i'm gonna find maybe somebody it never happened uh -huh. and then a day where i'm completely you know at peace with myself in a sense where you know what it's cool when it's happened it's meant to happen i don't care no more boom yeah <laughs> and that's no that's there's a very there's a very significant reason for that i think and i think yeah. it's it's just about um perception it's about how people perceive you and how you perceive what's around you exactly and if you're if you're in that moment um i guess the, the japanese used to call it uh, i think it's mushin 
it's like a martial arts term which means no mind right and it's it's when you're right in that in the pocket of of just being that you don't really notice anything you know do you know what i mean do you sometimes can't yeah. catch yourself coming out of those moments going oh where was i for that split second that's yeah, but those, i kind of like those it moments. but it's at those moments when you are at your purest and it's at those moments that people who see you want to know you and will find you you know you every person has a natural magnetism that is strongest when they are just more most themselves and most people are only most themselves when they don't realize it or are not looking for something and yeah i'm 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 going a bit off off tangent i think but uh i guess yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is the universe provides in those moments it it, it gives you what you might want when you stop looking for it and i think human beings live their lives in three different states of being they either live in the past the present or the future okay um in my experience a lot of looking back at the past meant i was living in in sort of the depths of depression looking towards the future meant i was living in the heights of anxiety but you only ever find yourself here and now that's the only place you will ever be and have ever been yeah so when you go back to that moment that's when you're most pure and life will happen because that's where life happens you know see that's good <laughs> it's amazing to know how a person's mind works anthony <laughs> it's it, no it really is because like I, the reason why i asked the question why do people judge people and there's a reason behind it because you know when you look at a person and you automatically think they're going to speak and they're going to talk in a certain way mm-hmm. but then they come out with the knowledge that yeah. you just wasn't expecting yeah no absolutely and I, I i've been told this a lot by by people my wife tells me this she says that that i she can see when i when i meet someone that i am very very good at seeing right to the core of someone but she says that it's not a stereotyping thing it's not me looking at someone and necessarily judging them she says that i can actually look at someone and like i just know i just got it right um to the point where um what am I, what am i trying to say here um so I, I i find that you know every single person is a human being no matter no matter what you look like no matter where you're from no matter how you sound or how you smell or whatever you're a person and you deserve to be treated with the respect of a person so when i first meet someone i like to try and meet them with respect and and an open book and then it's, it's that person in my mind in a way has the chance to show me who they are before i make my judgment because i'm a human being like everybody else i know that i make judgments too right i'm not saying that i don't do that at all um but for the most part if you open and let someone in before you shut the door on them then they will show you a true person and they'll show you someone who you can relate to and you can uh judge in a good way if that makes sense no that definitely makes sense to me i'll give you an example like i was um i was working in hamburg once there's a festival called reaper barn festival which is like a big multi-venue uh new music festival 
um a bit like south by southwest or or the great escape in brighton um and you know it was late at night we we'd been out we'd been to a couple of gigs in the club and stuff and we we're walking back to the hotel and there was loads of people lined up in front of this cash machine just getting money out and we we're like, oh yeah, we could do with with a bit more cash. Go maybe get another bite to eat and another drink on the way home or whatever uh, to the hotel. And next to the cash machine was you know three or four homeless people, and they were they were in a right mess. They were drunk, smelly, homeless people, <laughs> right? And one of them, one of them was asleep on the floor. And as we as we got to the cash machine, I was getting ready to to get my cash out. This homeless guy woke up and he stood up. And his trousers were not tied up. His trousers were down by his ankles. But oh, he wow. he couldn't, he, I don't think he could see in that moment. He was either so drunk or, or or whatever that he was really having a very big struggle. And I looked at him and I saw someone who was struggling and was losing dignity, right? So I went over to him and I picked him up and I pulled his trousers up and I did his belt up for him. And I went and bought him a bottle of water yeah because he couldn't yeah. do it for himself and no one was helping him there was like literally thousands of people on this street and no one was helping him right and i went back to the queue to the cashway and even my mates were looking at me they were like what what did you just do i said i went and helped someone like would you not have done the same thing and they couldn't they couldn't get it in their head there's this like they had all seen a homeless person who was drunk with his trousers around their ankles Whereas what they should have seen was a human being who needed help. Yeah. You know? That's true. And I, I really, I, I struggled with that for a lot of years. I struggled with like the nature of some human beings and their lack of empathy or ability to, to not put themselves first and put them in, in, in that situation. But I've also come to terms with that, you know, people aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And, you know, if someone's not going to do that for another person, then that's they're they're, they're going to be that person for the rest of their life. They have to deal with that, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think the beauty about life is you finding the beauty within somebody's imperfections and seeing them as perfections in your eyes. There's no such thing as perfect, though. But this is what I mean. So you're There's just no... in in your in. I totally agree with you, Anthony. I I just feel like. It's like you may find your wife beautiful and she's perfect to you. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I understand that. Um, yeah, I, I, get, I understand that entirely. And I think that's the type of avenue I was trying to go down. I know that, we, like you say, I totally agree with you. None of us as human beings are perfect, but that is the beauty of life, which is finding the imperfections a perfection mm. in your own way if that makes if that makes any sense yeah um, it, it does it does make sense definitely i would i would probably go so far as to say that um there is no such thing as perfect and no human being even my wife is perfect but it's it's the fact that no one's perfect it's those imperfections that is is humanity is being human right we are we are just one type of organism in a cosmos of billions of things right so we can't be perfect none of that stuff's perfect it's all just a form or a semblance of a shape that's trying to do something yeah um but it's that 
it's those imperfections that also make us human and that makes humanity. And I find it's humanity that's beautiful. It's my wife's humanism that's beautiful. It's her, it's her empathy, her compassion, her grace, as well as her sort of um, foibles and idiosyncrasies that I love. You know? See? Not yeah. anything to do with perfection at all. And yeah, I love that. There's, there's this thing called transactional analysis, um, which is something that I did in therapy for quite a few years, was working on what we call transactional analysis. And you've essentially got two ends to a line. So one, one end is uh, be faster, be stronger, be perfect, right? And the, the other end is, the, is obviously the complete opposite of that. And people who live on, on the be faster, be, be, be better, be perfect end of that spectrum tend to be quite high achievers, but very, very stressed. <laughs> okay. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you don't need to do that. You, you, you know, you don't need to do that. There's a, there's a term in chess, which is that the perfect is the enemy of the good because you can't be perfect, but you can be good. That is true. Yeah. So that is definitely true. And that was that was a big lesson, actually. I will say that the the guy who I used to see um, a couple of years ago. Now I had therapy sessions with the guy for my various issues. <laughs> um, we all have them, honey. We, we all have, have them. them. But he he was he's also someone who's been very instrumental in helping me to understand those things, those kind of ways of looking at living and and understanding of self. You know, again, yeah. I never would have known that if someone hadn't told me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say right now is wow. So if you could pick one song and one song only that was the soundtrack of your life, hmm. what one song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? Um, there are so many songs that, I, that people who know me think I might pick. Um, but the song I'm going to say is a song called Death Blow by a band called Deftones. And it's a really beautiful piece of music. It's a very, I mean, Deftones are quite a savage band. You know, they're very artistically creative, but they're quite heavy as well. But this particular song is just, it's just a beautiful piece of music. Um, and it's kind of been a soundtrack to all my serene moments and all my moments of realisation. Um, I once did a, it did a thing where I went to China and did like a, a trek on the Great Wall of China. Oh, that's so cool. Um, for a charity. Basically, I was at a, a bit of an impasse in my life. I just split up with a, with a previous girlfriend and I was kind of at a bit of a loss and I needed something in my life, right? So I, I saw this poster in a charity shop window, walk on the Great Wall of China for our, for our charity. So I signed up to do it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. There's, a, there's something that I could do. Um. And along that journey, learned so much about the nature of what charity means to people, because I ended up going to China with a group of 40 people that I'd never met before. All of them with all of them with their own experiences and their own charities that they were doing this fundraising thing for and a completely different reason for being there. I was there because I was trying to find myself. Right. These people were there for real, real reasons. OK, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Oh, um, but yours is a real but, reason but, too. But by by my learning that I learned so much about my myself as well through meeting these people who were there because they had been directly affected by the issues that their charities were fundraising for, um, or, or whatever the story was. Yeah, 
but anyway i i remember on that trip we i think it's like third or fourth day and we've been hiking up all these mountains all these different long sections of this amazing countryside and beautiful great wall of china right and we go up this one section that's really really steep and i just get crippled by a fear of heights that i've had since i was really really young um and just just lost it at the top of this mountain right i was just in floods of tears i was shaking um and no one could calm me down except i basically made the decision to put that song in my headphones and go and stand right on the edge of the staircase that basically I just walked up that was really that was incredibly steep and I stood on the edge and just looked out as if I was looking into the void listening to that song and it couldn't have been any other song oh wow see that's a good one I'm gonna put that in my Spotify playlist now <laughs> oh cool yeah. yeah definitely I'm gonna put that in my Spotify playlist for like season two of the ask people podcast cool. and that song will be in it so i'm definitely going to get that going so i have two more for you anthony okay and my second to last one is what would you like your legacy to be when you feel like you've done enough in the world how would you like people to remember you um i think that I think I, I I mean I'd really just like people to think that I help bring people together. Um I've spent so many years like fighting for my own corner in life that I think I lost the point of community what community means sometimes it was all very self-motivated self-driven and by trying to be a part of community I alienated myself from a lot of communities because I was just going around it in the wrong way. But all I've ever wanted to do is to build a community of people with similar interests and who can kind of um, find some kind of meaning in each other, yeah. And I think I, I think that I've managed to do that in in various ways. Um, you know, sort of brought people together through either music or whatever. And you know, now during, um, you know, for example, like recently, I I set up a chess club for for people to come and basically play chess in the pub. People who didn't want to like engage with the kind of really um i struggle for the word particular world of um actual club chess you know people who just wanted to have fun and have a drink and meet people and play a game and that was a really big deal because that was a community of people again just like just like the, the uni thing going to a place meeting like-minded people and and, and um connecting um and i'm trying to do that now you know i've, I've recently just started a new stream on twitch where I'm, I'm, I want my people that I know who might be willing to join me to come and say hello and connect with each other again, because I found that people have kind of separated a lot over this time. You know, we all started out in lockdown doing video calls, and you know, I remember like the first weekend of lockdown. I think we had a we had a house party across like four houses all by video phone. I was on like a, a like a twelve hour long video call with my mates because we all couldn't bear to be apart from each other. And that's all stopped now. No one's doing that anymore. At least, at least in my world, you know, um, it's like it, we've all become a bit separated. So I want to try and bring people back together. I, I think, and I'd like people to remember me for for trying to do that. See, that's good enough for me. That's that's amazing for me to be quite honest. For <laughs> for you to be able to be remembered the way that you want to in that way, I'm sure you will 
Yeah. I definitely, I'm sure you will. But it's not, it's not up to me though. It's, it's not up to anybody. That's true. Really. You do that what you do true. and you be remembered how you're remembered, you know. And, because you know, you're not there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think that's, that's the true, if, if there is such a thing as afterlife, that's what it is. And it, it's, it's the memories that people have of you. That's the only afterlife I think there actually is. Okay. We're going to, yeah. like, I'm not going to get too much into religion because we'll be here for another day. But, uh, <laughs> um, okay. you know, the whole concept of a life after death, I think, is is not true, apart from the memories that you leave behind in other people. Okay. And my, my friend did point out to me that that is actually just the plot line to the movie Coco. Um, but in Coco, it made a real afterlife, if you see what I mean um you know but what what i'm getting at is something a bit a bit more transient you know you don't actually exist your memory the memories of you do exactly and that's your afterlife i like that i like that so my final question for you anthony and i can't believe the time has gone so fast (laughs) yeah yeah my final question for you is where can we find you on all your social medias and if anybody would like to contact you the way that i have been humbled to have you on the ask people podcast show where can they find you you're kind um well um i mean i'm i'm not really on a lot of well i haven't traditionally been on social media for a couple of years i i I cancelled most of my stuff um my linkedin page um is definitely one you can always message me on that's fine if you're on there but obviously like recently with the new streaming thing i've just set up a new instagram which is ant plays chess so you can come say hello on there um if you want to drop into one of my live streams you can come and do that it's twitch.tv forward slash ant plays chess come and say hello you know stuff places like that you know i'm I'm more than happy for people to come and say hello and, and and chat and whatnot cool anthony I don't even know what to say. This conversation has been most probably one of the smoothest <laughs> and easy. You know, it has and and easiest flowing conversation. Sometimes you you do have a conversation. I mean, just in general, um, in life, and it can feel difficult and feel long. But this conversation I've had with you, I feel, has been easy. Well, that goes back to exactly the the, the theme of this conversation: is that you ask the right questions. Ah, see. <laughs> you see? Yeah. I like that. You got me back there. <laughs> I like that. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the Yes People podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me on, on the on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, you're more than welcome, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Us People podcast by simply going to the Savio Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another
I was just going to say, like, you started with some really big questions that are very that I could have gone a lot deeper with, and I think it threw me at the start. But I think we went, I think we went the right direction, you know. 